to Wellness Wednesdays in the Rise Up with Orion podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's April 21st. We have got the most amazing speaker with, with us today. Truly an expert. It's always fun to have a registered dietitian on our team um, to really guide us through such a great topic. So let me introduce you to our speaker. Yvette Kwanz is a well-respected registered dietitian and nutrition expert. She's a board certified as a specialist in sports dietetics, as well as a certified therapist in food sensitivity testing and treatment. Yvette is the founder of Customized Nutrition Newsletters and Foodspirations, where she's passionate about creating products that are designed to connect, edu educate, and inspire so everyone can thrive. Like myself, Yvette is a mother of two, so she understands the demands that come along with juggling family and work and this truly fuels her passion for helping busy people find the balance in good nutrition, fitness, and living well. Many of you are probably seeing around the media that inflammation is something that is a hot topic. It's a little bit of a hot button right now. So Yvette, thank you so much for joining us. And let's jump into our topic. Did I miss anything yeah. in our introduction? Anything else that you want to share? Um, no, thank you for having me. Thank you for let me join in excited to share and talk about this this topic so absolutely um, passion for my work really comes from helping people rise up and elevate themselves in their life so they can live well work well and give give to others absolutely so let's talk about this inflammation i think you know there's probably a little bit of confusion around what inflammation is and really how that shows itself in our body so can you talk us through kind of what inflammation is and how it's absolutely. manifested in our body so inflammation we can have two forms of it where it's acute or chronic and acute inflammation is going to show up up here with maybe you see a swelling in the joints or you, you can see some redness happening around. Um, it can happen in rashes. And then chronic inflammation is something that will be more of a consistent basis, like in the body, in an inflamed state. And that chronic inflammation can increase the risk for those diseases, um, cancers, those types of things. But both are, are real and both happen when something gets um, a chemical, your, your white blood cell enters your bloodstream and it's the inflammation is a way of protecting it. So something's been put in and it's trying to protect it from it. It's putting that um, protection around it to increase the blood flow so that you don't keep it safe. And, and, and that's what, and it can cause pain through triggering the nerves. Um, so an inflammation is your body's way of talking to you. That's something mm -hmm. that that's, I think, one of the best ways to summarize it. It's it's your body's way of telling you something's not something's off. Something's not right. Yeah. And would you say that inflammation really presents itself differently in every person, depending on what's happening? A hundred percent. Absolutely. It can be in the form of fatigue. It can be, you know, a fever is an inflammation. That simple way, it's your body's telling you something's not right. Um, mouth sores can be an, uh, as a form of inflammation. There's so many things. Rashes. It's it's. I like the way of of thinking of it. It's your body talking to you that something something isn't right. Something and it's trying to protect it from something. So so a fever is our way, our body's way of protecting, trying to keep us 
it, it's an inflammatory response to a sickness. Sure. And that, that's what inflammation is. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time within the media, there's a lot surrounding kind of infl inflammation within the gut, you know, things that's happening in our, you know, digestive system. Absolutely. Um, so again, that's, that may be one that people may be a little bit more familiar with, because there's a lot surrounding that right now is the gut health, the inflammation that way. Um, so and our topic today is really, you know, about how we can protect ourselves um, with foods and spices, really using food to help to treat that and to, you know, quiet our body's inner voice, inflammation voice down. Yes, absolutely. And that's the, that's the wonderful, beautiful thing about food is that it can, there's so many natural anti-inflammatory foods that we can eat. Inflammation happens from, you know, a diet high in sugar will cause inflammation. Your body's telling you this isn't working for me. Uh, smoking too much alcohol can all cause too much can all cause inflammation but in the same sense on the reverse there are some foods that help to combat that to help to fight it and there there a lot of them are plant-based foods before we go into that I was gonna um, one of the questions you had asked me was what's the difference between antioxidants mm -hmm. and anti-inflammatory foods yes because they're both buzzwords and so antioxidants are going to be the pro chemicals, products, um, not products, components found in foods that help fight inflammation. Gotcha. So gotcha. Anti-inflammatory foods are generally high in antioxidants because uh -huh. antioxidants help to fight that inflammation. Right. A piece of the puzzle, if you will. The antioxidant is a little piece of that food that, you know, is yes. protecting us. Thank you so much for clarifying that, because I think, you know, when we're looking at a package, you know, a lot of packages will really, you know, shout out that it's an antioxidant. Um, so, again, know that that is obviously something as we're shopping and, and looking. Antioxidants at. help to fight disease. Fantastic. So how do we get started? Um, what are some everyday, let's start with foods rather than spices, and then we'll kind of throw in the spice at the end. Um, those everyday foods, obviously for our population all around the country today, um, you know, I really want to focus on those foods that are commonplace, things that we can go to our local grocery store and we don't have to special order from a faraway country. So what are some foods that we could get started with? If we think first eating from the ground up instead of the box down, Ah, great. So things that are coming from the earth, eating plant-based foods, those, now there are some, and I'll go over those, but plant-based foods are going to be higher in antioxidants, which means they're going to be higher in inflammatory foods. Um, there are some that have a stronger anti-inflammatory components, but if you are eating a larger base of products, of, of foods from plants, you're going to be taking in anti-inflammatory foods. Gotcha. Um, the media has absolutely, there are buzzwords, superfoods, antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, and there's truth behind it. So this, the, the buzzwords, they draw our attention to what these superfoods are, but they've been highlighted because they have components that could help fight inflammation. But if you know, plant-based foods are all going to be good sources to start with. So a few of the um, easiest to find and highest, I guess, bang for your buck, you would say, blueberries, um, berries in general, but blueberries are really high in antioxidants, which are going to be high, then 
high anti-inflammatory. Um, beets. Beets are another high antioxidant, which will help with anti-inflammatory. Um, beet juice, if as long as it's a pure beet juice. Um, broccoli. And there's so many ways to eat broccoli. So another great one. Flax seeds, great antioxidants, great um, anti-inflammatory foods. Getting in good fats, those are going to can be great. You have plant-based fats. I want to emphasize that. Anti-inflammatory foods. Um, green tea is something you can sip and drink, and there's a lot of antioxidants found in that. Garlic, ginger, um, extra virgin olive oil. So again, a plant-based fat. Onions are going to be high in anti-inflammatory. So no one really eats onions alone, but mm -hmm. adding that to your cooking and your what your onions and garlic in your foods adds more antioxidants. Yeah, you're putting together an amazing stir fry in my mind with you know the broccoli, the garlic, the onions. Exactly. I mean, I'm seeing some the ginger. I'm seeing you know an amazing stir fry being whipped up. Exactly, that's um, stir fry is a great way to do. We do that at least once a week in our house because it is such an easy way to get in so many vegetables. Yeah. Uh, spinach, the darker the fruit or vegetable is, generally the higher in antioxidants it will be. It's not always the case, but a general, if you're looking for a really easy way to identify, the darker it is, the darker the greens, the higher in antioxidants it's going to be. Right. And um, what about, uh, you? as you were mentioning, you know, spinach, I, there's been a kale craze over the last five years or so. Does kale fall into that same category? Kale would fall into that same category as well. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. So dark green leafy vegetables. And I think, you know, you're exactly right. If, is, if people are getting confused, you know, think about the colors. And I think that's a fantastic way to really get started for those that aren't trying to really micro calculate it um, to just look at that produce section at your grocery store and look for those bright colors that pop out at you, because likely that might be steering us toward those anti-inflammatory foods. And if you say you don't like kale, but you like spinach, go for the spinach. Mm -hmm. There's so many, that's where not getting so focused in on just one food, but it's going to be the whole picture of what you're eating and right. getting a variety and making sure, again, more plants and less of that processed food. Because those processed foods, that's when a lot of that inflammation producing food um, will start coming into play. Yeah, so a question um, that I am inquired about is okay. in terms of kind of the raw foods versus cooked, you know, as I think about a stir fry, you're definitely cooking a lot of those anti-inflammatory foods. Is there a benefit or more of a benefit to eating them raw versus so cooked? Raw foods will maintain a lot more of the nutri nutrients, but my approach is it's best to get those in. Mm-hmm. The more we get in and how we're going to get them. So again, not stressing of trying to get more variety in and not getting overly consumed with those little details because then no one's going right. to, unless you love having a big bowl of raw vegetables, <laughs> um, which I love a salad, but sure. just eating a raw thing of vegetables all the time. So we, we want to also... Um, I'll add in another inflammation producing lifestyle factor, and I know we're going to talk more about those, but is stress. Mm -hmm. 
And when it comes to food, if we are stressed out about not following the perfect protocol, right, then that causes more inflammation in it. So Absolutely, yeah, the counter effect, right? Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. We yeah. definitely don't want to so do insult to injury. <laughs> and raw raw products do have a, generally speaking, a higher, uh, I guess, antioxidant count for a lot of them, but it's still cooked is still a great way to get in a lot. Yeah. So rather than, you know, gnawing on a raw head of broccoli, you know, figuring out ways that you can incorporate exactly. multiple inflammatory foods in whatever way you love. I think that's a great way exactly. to think about it as well. So, you know, just to recap, looking for the colors and then just looking for ways that you can incorporate it on an everyday basis, on an ongoing basis. The way um, that, and that that's key is if two really reap the benefits of an anti-inflammatory diet and anti-inflammatory foods, it's going to be the patterns and it's going to be the habits and it's going to be the long-term lifestyle you create and that what you're doing every day rather than just one day or one meal. Right. And I think, you know, to not be skewed by the media and a lot of the marketing that goes beyond that, that it's not going to be the quick fix. So those superfoods, as you mentioned earlier, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and have everything fixed and no inflammation exactly. in your system. So again, I think, you know, it's always important to really throw that out there that it's not a quick fix. And to your point, it's a lifestyle. So fantastic suggestion for sure. Um, so Yvette, tell us a little bit about the spices. I think, you know, people often are a little bit scared of spices because they don't know much about how to use them or what we should use other than salt and pepper, which is pretty commonplace. What are some of the anti-inflammatory spices that maybe so we could use that wouldn't be scary? <laughs> such a great way. We talked about, okay, we'll start eating more plant-based foods and how can we make it more of our lifestyle of little bits coming in. Right. Adding these anti-inflammatory spices is another way to keep, to boost those antioxidants, anti-inflammatory things in, in our day-to-day -day life. So ginger is a great anti-inflammatory spice. Um, the generic allspice, it's a mm. high in antioxidants. Cloves, cinnamon. Mm. Cinnamon is an excellent anti-inflammatory. It helps with blood sugar control. You could add it to uh, your, some people have had it to their coffee. You can add it to your oatmeal in the morning, yogurt with some nuts and some blueberries, mm -hmm. all great ways to do that. Yeah. And I, I love that you're combining so many things, you know, and I'm even thinking sprinkle a little flaxseed on top of it, and then you just add in another one. So I think there's so many ways to combine some of those things that you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the most potent anti-inflammatory spice would be turmeric. And there's been a lot of hype and a lot of media headlines and press on turmeric and for good reason, because it is such of a strong anti-inflammatory spice. Um, it, it has the cucurbin in it, which is what's responsible for the color. And that's what really helps to block that inflammation. What are some uses for turmeric? Obviously, I've used it in, you know, cooking Indian food before and, you know, some of those different, you know, ethnic-based foods. But what are some other ways that we can incorporate some turmeric into our, you know, lifestyle? So 
a simple one would just be putting a little turmeric in some hot lemon water, mm. just a dash of that. Uh, golden milk, which is putting turmeric in the milk. That's a very um, mm. a common in the Indian culture, and that's something that could easily be done. Seasoning stews and soups mm -hmm. with turmeric. Roasting cauliflower. That's mm -hmm. a really good one, or any vegetables that you, you might try. Um, adding to your eggs in the morning. Yeah. So. Yeah, and turmeric is a great one because it does have such a vibrant color as well. So going back to what you were speaking about earlier with our, you know, plant-based foods, you know, this is such a bright colored spice. So I guess you may have assumed that maybe it was going to be good for you. Yeah. And one thing about turmeric is that it is going to be increase the absorption when it's combined with some black pepper. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking a, a supplement, checking to see if it has piperine in it, which will help increase that absorption. And then when you're cooking, I mean, if you have turmeric, add a little black pepper. Right. Um, can I ask you a question just really quick out of curiosity in terms of flaxseed that you mentioned earlier that I mentioned about the oatmeal? Is there a benefit to ground versus just the whole flaxseed? Is there a difference with that or is it another one where get it in if you can? Well, the ground the ground does open it up a little bit more. So if you can grind it, I, I do think that's a it releases more of the nutrients. If you can do that, that would be my great. Um, we didn't talk much about, and you probably did this by design, um, dairy products, you know, in terms of, you know, if they're considered processed foods, you know, if we should be avoiding those for the inflammation effect. Um, I think some people are more susceptible to the inflammation of dairy than others. And okay. that's something that you can become by becoming in tune with yourself, identifying is if, if you're one of, if you're susceptible to that. Right. Um, I am a, I think Greek yogurt is an excellent, like a high in protein snack food um, that can be used very versatile. And I know we need the calcium for so many things. Right. So I think it's a very personalized place. Now, too much dairy, I definitely, too much of anything is not good mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Too much cheeses, too much that I do think can absolutely be linked to more inflammation. But a little bit of it, I think it's has its health benefits. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of no dairy. Sure. I just I think it's a very individualized approach and too much of anything is not good for anyone. Yes. Minus the fruits and vegetables that we talked about. Yes. yes. <laughs> I assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what are some examples of plant based fats? Are there good fats that are plant based? So avocados. Uh, olive oil, avocado oil, nuts, seeds are all plant-based fats, fats, pecan oil, walnut, macadamians. Um, those are all great coconut oil. Yeah. Yeah. And you're hearing a lot more of that to replace your olive oil, even with avocado oil. You're seeing a lot more mm -hmm. of that within the recipes great in the clean oil. eating world. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think, you know, for our listeners that are on that have biometric screenings on an annual basis, we often talk about those HDL molecules, those good cholesterol units. Those are all the things that Yvette is talking about, those good fat sources, the natural fats. And they all work together in fighting that inflammation. So we have to getting in our good fats, our plant-based fats and the 
phytochemicals, antioxidants from our plant-based foods and, and making sure we're getting in some proteins too. Um, So it may be a little bit off topic, but maybe not. Um, The apple cider vinegar craze that is also out there. Is there something to apple cider vinegar that helps with inflammation or is that a completely different track that people are utilizing that? No, I think there's a place for it. I think there's still more and more research. Apple cider vinegar has been around for years. I mean, I remember in college, I was adding it. So that's a long time ago. And so the craze is, there's definitely some validity of the benefits of it. And I think it can help bring things down. Um, But it's not going to be a replacement for these other principles of getting in more plant-based fats. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Let me me say this about apple cider vinegar, because I did a talk once. And if you do take it, you must dilute it. Do not shoot apple cider vinegar. I had a client once doing that. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. It is awful for your esophagus and your teeth, and it is very dangerous. So do not do that. Yes. Make sure it is just about an ounce in eight ounces of water. So it's diluted. Yes, definitely. Um, And in terms of, you know, the difference between you know, diluting that and taking supplements. And maybe this will kind of roll into another little, little brief discussion about taking the whole foods or the spices versus taking them in a supplement form. So turmeric, for example. So turmeric, I do know there's some high quality versions of turmeric out there that, um, that taking the supplements, looking to see if it has that um, piper, piper line, piper and P-I-P-E-R-I-N-E in the supplement to increase that absorption. As for apple cider vinegar, I am still, I have not, I I say the pure apple cider vinegar would be more effective. Um, I don't know about the quality control of the supplements there. Definitely. Um, In terms of, there's a question here that's coming in through our chat about intermittent fasting and how that may help with the inflammatory response. Are you aware of that? I am. I am. And I I think that it's back to the personalized approach of, for some people, it can be great. Um, I also work with a lot of eating disorders. So for that, it's not good. So it's depending on how you're using it. Um, breakfast has, was always designed to be a break from the fast mm-hmm. of when we ate dinner to when we eat breakfast. And if we look back in the history of how we have evolved in a society, we used to eat dinner much earlier than we do now. And I think we've gotten into habits of eating way too late at night mm-hmm. and not giving our body that, that period it needs to digest and process everything. And so I think the intermittent fasting principles of giving us ourselves longer windows from when we eat dinner to breakfast can be good. I don't, it's all individual of what that window looks like. I think some of the thoughts are a little too extreme, but there's absolute breaking the fast of when we ate dinner, you know, we as a society have gotten into too much eating too late. 
Yeah. Eating without. And when you are, yeah. I mean, when you are breaking that fast as well, when the intermittent fasting, when you're, you're on, if you, when, when you're eating, you know, to incorporate the things that we're talking about, the different foods and spices. So again, to get that. And a lot of people who are curious about experimenting with intermittent fasting say, what if you started with a 12 hour? So meaning whenever you ate dinner, don't eat for 12 hours the next day. And for some people, they realized they weren't even doing you know, they were eating much later at night and waking up and eating out of habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, so to your point, you know, that's late night eating and dessert and even, you know, drinking alcohol, you know, late at night, you know, all of those things, many people don't even recognize, you know, it's boredom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, it's habits have been created and especially post pandemic. Um, during that time, a lot of unhealthy habits were developed to, as a way of coping. Yes. Well, and everything that we're talking about today, I think is one of those that it's so easy to, to reboot, if you will, to get back on and, you know, start to, to fix everything that's happened with our, our unhealthy lifestyle habits. And a simple way is ask every time you eat a meal or snack, see, can you make half of it fruits and vegetables? Mm-hmm. So yeah. dividing your plate in half, how can I load up on more vegetables here? How can I load up, what, and if I'm having a snack, can I add a piece of fruit? How can, asking yourself instead of what do I need to take away, what can I add mm -hmm. plant-based to make it more, and what you'll find is that your satiety, your hunger level, your appetite level will be, you will be more satisfied because you're giving in more fiber, you're giving in more nutrients, you should see an increase in energy and it's going to make the craving for those empty calories, the processed foods go down because you're not going to feel as good when you eat that. Right. And these plant-based foods and, in, you know, I love at the beginning how you said eat from the ground up. I mean, those things keep you full longer. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. So the Big Mac versus, you know, the salad, there's going to be a big difference and you're going to be getting so many of these added benefits as well. Um, yep. So again, great place to start to kind of reboot from the pandemic eating, you know, that we're also close to the refrigerators and cabinets. And hopefully this is a great place to start. Um, but Yvette, you mentioned it earlier when you spoke about stress, like I said, boredom eating and, you know, stress typically doesn't lead to positive habits. So what are some other lifestyle advice components that you can share with us, you know, from your standpoint to beat inflammation outside of nutrition. Breathing. Mm. When you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, or even if you don't think you are, stop and pause to take a breath. Before mm -hmm. you make a decision on what you're going to eat, take a minute to take in a deep breath. Try three cycles of breathing in and breathing out. Help yourself get recentered. We live in a very fast paced world and always go, go, go. And when we stop and we just check in with ourselves, that helps to reduce the stress and calm us down and helps to recenter. So we're making decisions based off of what's the next right step versus a reaction step out of right. just because we're go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of you know, a coined word for that is just being intuitive, you know, mm -hmm. to in the present moment. So I think that's great to, to breathe so through it. breathing, 
exercise and if you feel you you don't have the time the space to get in traditional exercise figure out how you can add more steps to your day go for a walk take the stairs um movement is essential so it, it helps reduce stress it helps fight inflammation it is so good for your mind and your body and your emotions yeah what about sleep i think that there's a big, big there's one. a big concern with sleep as well recently so how does sleep help us or hurt us so not getting enough sleep increases our cravings our our designs our throws our hormones off it increases our cravings for more sugar again back to that processed foods it's a whole cycle when we don't sleep enough we then want to eat more sugar caffeine um processed foods and then we're hyped up and then we need alcohol to unwind we don't sleep well and the cycle continues asking yourself what can i do to start paying attention to my sleep and maybe after this call the sleep's the one thing you start paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Having some herbal tea before you go to bed. Chamomile tea is excellent for that. Um, even an orange ginger tea um, before you go to bed. Having a, a calming tea, starting to let yourself relax. Watching the screen time you have before bedtime because that screen gets your neurons going in the brain and doesn't let you sleep as well. Yeah, add a little turmeric to your tea as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, you know, when we're speaking about sleep too, a lack of sleep, I can only imagine is going to lead to inflammation in the body in whatever way that 100%. manifests. It'll yeah. lead to inflammation. And then again, it leads to those lifestyle choices that absolutely lead to inflammation. Yeah, definitely. So in our last couple of minutes, Yvette, are there any resources, obviously outside of our discussion today, that you would like to share with people? that you know may give them some additional resources or information about where they could go to following our our podcast today yeah so i actually do a weekly monday mojo email series so things for elevate call it nourishing and elevated life so they can go to evetquants.com and sign up for that um the so usually i'm sharing tips for on the mind body and then how to feed your soul and others of the academy of nutrition and dietetics has some great resources for nutrition and wellness um, institute of mind and body is another good one great fantastic resources um so your very very best advice so let's just do a quick summary um, if you can give us three points that our listeners today can take with them to reboot and get started with really fighting inflammation. Um, if you just want to kind of do a quick summary of three things that your professional experience gives yes. us. So increase your plant intake, looking at your meals, seeing how can I add more plant produce, divide your plate in half, boost those plant intakes, um, food eating from the ground up, checking in with yourself to actually uh, taking a moment and, and breathing and checking in are you eating out of or are you reacting to the situation or is this are you eating what's going to help nourish you and fuel you and then watching paying attention to the triggers when you start paying attention to how food makes you feel you can start identifying wait 
too much alcohol results in me not sleeping well, me eating more sugar, X, Y, Z. When I eat dairy, this happens. I mean, paying attention to your food is a great way to get started as well. Definitely. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite things that you've said today, one of my takeaways is, you know, just to start with something and know that it's not going to happen overnight, um, just to incorporate, you know, one of the many different combinations of anti-inflammatory foods and spices that you mentioned. So I've got stir fry on the mind. I'll whip it up tonight or tomorrow night and get my fix. So hopefully well, others are starting to dream. What my husband and I love to do is a sweet potato hash. So we take dice up sweet potatoes. Then I take whatever green vegetable, it could be spinach or kale, broccoli, peppers, onions, and I put it all together with some coconut oil and then serve with an egg and avocado on top. So good. Oh my gosh. Well, I think now we're probably all ready for lunch after that. <laughs> Yvette, thank you so much for your expertise, your beautiful smile, and all of your great advice that you shared. We hope that everyone on our podcast and webinar have enjoyed this information. Um, and we will sign off for now and welcome you back. And next month, we will be talking about high performance cultures and employee well-being on May 12th. So we hope everyone will join us then. Thank you so much, Yvette. Appreciate Thank your you. expertise. Have a great Bye. day. You too.